Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. When St. John Paul II consecrated the future Cardinal John O'Connor, a bishop in 1979, Mother Teresa was ready. The newly minted bishop came down the aisle after Mass, bestowing his bishop's blessing on the assembled faithful. He noticed Mother Teresa and proudly approached to bless her. But before he could raise his hand, she grasped it in both of hers, looked up into his eyes, and said, Give God permission. O'Connor never forgot those words. It's simple. Not easy, but simple. God asks us to give him permission. Again and again and again, every day of our lives, he asks us to give him permission. St. John of the Cross puts it like this. When evening comes, you will be examined in love. Learn to love as God desires to be loved and abandon your own ways of acting. Sayings of Light and Love, number 60. Give God permission. In this retreat, we've pondered the caverns of our hearts, which only God can fill. We've prayed about giving even our holiest desires and loves back to God. And in this conference, we will try to tie it all together as we discuss six ways to give God permission. Accepting God's Will The first way we can give God permission is by accepting His will. At times, we may have a vague fear of the words God's will. Even as Catholics, we might think of God's will as a distant force that appears only in order to ask us to suffer something. But God's will is His love for us, and His love is His will for us. This means that whatever God directly wills or permits in our lives is embraced by His love and is meant to lead to a deeper relationship with Him. The French Jesuit Father Jean-Pierre de Caussade puts it well in his book Abandonment to Divine Providence. The realization that God is active in all that happens at every moment is the deepest knowledge in this life of the things of God. It's not always easy to believe that. But it's in line with St. Augustine's words. Nothing happens that the Almighty does not will should happen, either by permitting it or by doing it himself. Handbook on Faith, Hope, and Love, number 24. We must not try to limit God's power. We say every Sunday, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. If he's almighty, then nothing is beyond the power of his loving care. God is so good, St. Augustine writes, that in his hand even evil brings about good. He would never have permitted evil to occur if he had not, thanks to his perfect goodness, been able to use it. Unfinished Work and Answer to Julian, Book 5, Number 50 St. Therese of Lisieux, a spiritual daughter of St. John of the Cross, puts it another way in Story of a Soul. It's whatever Jesus does that pleases me. Eventually, she is even able to say, I can no longer ask for anything with fervor except the accomplishment of God's will in my soul. If we refuse to accept God's loving will for us in everything that may happen, we fall into the trap St. John of the Cross describes. Some souls, instead of abandoning themselves to God and cooperating with Him, hamper Him by their imprudent activity or their resistance. They resemble children who kick and cry and struggle to walk by themselves when their mothers want to carry them. Ascent of Mount Carmel, Prologue, Paragraph 3. Instead, let's ask for the grace to follow St. John's advice. Take no notice of who is with you or against you and try always to please God. 
Ask him that his will be done in you. Love him intensely as he deserves to be loved. Sayings of Light and Love, number 155. This is a first way to give God permission, accepting his will. Being available to God. Our obedience to God's will bears fruit in availability to God. Normally, he doesn't ask us for dramatic things, but that doesn't make them any less difficult. What matters is that we give God what he hopes for, not what we feel ready to give him. St. John of the Cross asks, What does it profit you to give God one thing if he asks of you another? Consider what God wants and then do it. You will, as a result, satisfy your heart. God may ask us to be available to listen to someone we don't want to listen to. He may ask us to forgive someone we really don't want to forgive. He may ask us to share his own suffering by some illness or confusion or loss. He may ask us to be like Mary, suffering at the foot of someone else's cross, only able to offer our prayers, our presence, and our love. He may ask us for something we never expected. Think, for example, of the book of Samuel. The childless Hannah begged God for a child, and eventually Samuel was born. In her joy, Hannah realized that God was asking for something more. He asked her to give her son back to him so that Samuel could serve the Lord as a prophet. And Hannah did. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for her. Yet she did it. She listened to God's voice and brought the young boy Samuel to the temple to give him to the Lord. And it's beautiful to see how her availability to God was passed on to her son. A little bit later in the book of Samuel, he's asleep in the temple and the Lord calls him. Once he understands that it's the Lord, he answers, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He was imitating his mother's obedience. Our availability to God will also be a blessing to others. When we make ourselves available to God, He will work wonders through us. We may see some of them. Most, however, we will see only in heaven. But sooner or later, we will see them. This is a second way we can give God permission, being available to Him. Practicing Gratitude A grateful heart is a joyful heart. Remember Christ's words of gratitude to the Father in John chapter 17, verse 24. Father, they are your gift to me. Jesus knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we're not always going to think and act from a place of love. But he still sees us as a gift. He sees us with gratitude. When we start to see others and the world around us as gifts instead of as obstacles or as competition, we give God permission to help us gradually share in his vision of all things. So let's take time to rejoice in the Lord's work in our souls. Let's take some time to rejoice in the Lord's work in the souls of others. Don't let a day go by without thanking God. Don't let a day go by without thanking your spouse, your family, those around you. A grateful heart is a joyful heart. St. Paul writes in the first letter to the Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And this means that we'll be able to thank God in good times and in bad, even when we suffer at the hands of others. As St. John explains it, do not excuse yourself or refuse to be corrected by all. Listen to every reproof with a serene countenance. Think that God utters it. 
Sayings of Light and Love, number 143. Gratitude is the third way we can give God permission. Receive the Sacraments A fourth way to give God permission is to receive the sacraments. Normally, that means the two sacraments we can receive again and again, Eucharist and Reconciliation. This is how all baptized Catholics are called to exercise a priestly role. The Catechism reminds us in number 1547 that all the baptized are called to bring the offering of their own lives to the Lord, especially in the sacrifice of the Mass. They exercise their priesthood by the unfolding of baptismal grace, a life of faith, hope, and charity, a life according to the Spirit. They likewise exercise that priesthood in receiving the sacraments. In the sacraments, we are drawn into the mystery of his suffering, death, and resurrection. To quote the Catechism again, Christ's Paschal mystery is a real event that occurred in our history, but it is unique. All other historical events happen once, and then they are swallowed up in the past. The Paschal mystery of Christ, by contrast, cannot remain only in the past. The event of the cross and resurrection abides and draws everything towards life. Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 1085. When we receive Christ in the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist, we are allowing him to gradually become the king of our lives. We are also bringing the whole created world to him. The sacraments are never just a solitary individual action. They really bring the kingdom of God into a new birth, in us and in the world. So a fourth way to give God permission is to receive the sacraments, especially reconciliation and the Eucharist. How often can I go to Mass, Confession, Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament? Saints are forged by the sacraments. Silence A fifth way to give God permission is silence. The caverns of our hearts are vast indeed, and when we discover their enormity, we often panic and try to fill them with something other than God. Noise is one of the most dangerous substitutes, and it's everywhere. St. John of the Cross reminds us of the importance of silence. The Father spoke one word, which was His Son, and this word He speaks always in eternal silence, and in silence it must be heard by the soul. Sayings of Light and Love, number 100. What am I taking into my soul? How much time do I spend absorbing local gossip, celebrity gossip, or political gossip? How attached am I to the news? What effect does that have on my relationship with God? How much space do I create for God's love every day? St. John asserts in Ascent of Mount Carmel that it doesn't matter if a bird is tied down with a thread or with a chain. In either case, the bird can't do what it's created to do. It can't fly. Therefore, St. John of the Cross writes that it is great wisdom to know how to be silent and to look at neither the remarks nor the deeds nor the lives of others. Sayings of Light and Love, number 109. He adds, Be hostile to admitting into your soul things that of themselves have no spiritual substance, lest they make you lose your liking for recollection. Sayings of Light and Love, number 91. Choose peace. A sixth way to give God permission is to choose peace. At first, it might sound strange since everyone wants more peace, but we need to choose peace in order to receive peace. 
Jesus did not come to make our lives easy. He did not come to fulfill our vision of how our lives should unfold. He came to give us himself, his heart, his body and blood, his divine life, his relationship with the Father, his spirit dwelling within us, his mission to help others know him and love him and find meaning in him. If we believe that, we will have peace in any situation. St. Paul boldly asks in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, What can separate us from the love of Christ? And the fruit of his confidence shines in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, when he states that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Even sins and failures should not take away this peace. As St. John of the Cross puts it, Because the virtues you have in mind do not shine in your neighbor, do not think that your neighbor will not be precious in God's sight, for reasons that you have not in mind. Sayings of Light and Love, number 62. And this also holds true in our own lives. Loving surrender to God, not sinlessness, is what is most precious in His eyes. Conclusion Living as a Missionary The fruit of giving God permission is living as missionaries. Interestingly, St. John of the Cross doesn't spend much ink on the Christian calling to live as a missionary perhaps because he simply assumes it's the natural result of a life lived in union with God. When we give God permission to gradually fill the caverns of our own hearts, we'll naturally desire to be God's instrument to fill other hearts too. Remember, what God does through us is always an outpouring of what He's doing in us. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.